Thank you for listening to our Love City Church podcast. Visit us online at www.lovecitychurch.ca. We pray that this message encourages you and strengthens you in your walk with Jesus. Well, hey, Love City Church. I think we're live with you. Come on, I'm so happy to be in your home today. Uh, Firstly, I wanna say a huge thank you for your flexibility. Uh, We wanna make sure that we are doing our part uh, during this incredible season of COVID to try to uh, make sure we're doing everything we can to comply with uh, what our city's asking us to do. But as well as we wanna continue to have our freedom in, into worship and freedom to, uh, you know, to continue to, to gather as the church of God. And so, you know, we just felt like you could probably sing loud and, and proud in your home. And so we decided for the next two weeks, we're just gonna be live online, 9.30 and 11. Uh, and so I wanna encourage you to invite someone to join you uh, as we uh, continue to, uh, you know, just study God's word together and worship together. As I wanna remind you of our new series starting next week, which will be online, uh, Creating Margin. I just wanna say thank you to my friend Joel and Tyler for giving me my television. Come on, let's give Joel a hand at home. Let's, yes, clap, 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 clap. So thank you, Joel and Tyler, for helping us out. I just wanted to make this for our online community so it's easier to see and um, also easier for me to see too. But come on, Creating Margin, Stewarding Finances, God's Way. And man, I'm so excited about this series. For the next three weeks, we're gonna be talking about our finances, creating margin. Proverbs chapter 30 talks about this and, and uh, it's gonna be a great time together. So I encourage you to uh, join us, invite someone. And uh, if, you're, if you want some wisdom in your finances, uh, this will be a great series for you. So come on, let's get into the word today. You're at home. Uh, just to remind you that right after our message today, Pastor Jesse's gonna pop on up here and uh, just get you ready for our kids' uh, curriculum. So gather those children at the end, your kiddos, and and get them, uh, get, get them ready to, to engage in that, about a 13-minute kind of kid video, and it's going to be awesome. So we're so thankful for Pastor Jesse and how great of a job she's doing uh, with your kids. So come on, let's get into the Word today. If you have your Bibles at home, uh, you can go ahead and turn your Bible to Genesis chapter 40. We're going to be looking today, uh, continue, finalizing our series, uh, but looking at the story of Joseph as we look at the prison and then into the palace. Uh, we've been doing a series called The Benefits of Being Stuck. And every week I've given you three benefits of being stuck. And this week I'm going to uh, do that as well. Three benefits to being uh, stuck in your life. And so where we're at in our story with Joseph is right about uh, now in our journey, Joseph uh, is in prison and he was thrown in prison because he was uh, accused of, um, he was accused of raping Potiphar's wife. And uh, it wasn't true, but he got thrown in jail, was accused of wrong. And he was in the jail. And the Bible says that the moment uh, Joseph was thrown into jail, uh, God was with him and God's favor was on him. And he began to serve those people around him. And eventually the warden recognized how, uh, how, uh, awesome Joseph was because of this favor on his life. And he made Joseph in charge of the entire prison. The warden only concerned himself with his own things and Joseph was put over everything. And over time, uh, one of the, uh, uh, two of the employees of Pharaoh, the chief, uh, chief baker and the cupbearer of Pharaoh were thrown into jail for reasons we don't know. And so Joseph started taking care of the chief uh, baker and the cupbearer. One day, Joseph went into their cell or into their, their area where they were at and they looked distraught. And Joseph didn't understand why they were so distraught. And so he, they asked him, what's going on? And they said, man, we had this dream. We had this crazy, crazy dream and we don't know what it means. And the Lord gave Joseph the revelation of what that dream meant. And he says, okay, well, to the chief cupbearer, 
or the chief baker, he says, I hate to tell you this, but you're gonna die. <laughs> Basically, you're gonna be impaled. <laughs> and that's a scary dream. If he told me that dream, I would you know, be like, oh, no, you're a false prophet. You don't know what you're talking about. Uh, but it was, you're gonna be impaled. And he said to the, the cupbearer, you're gonna be restored to your position. And he said to the, 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 the cupbearer, when this happens, please remember me. When you go back and restore your position and you're back with Pharaoh, please don't forget about me. And so uh, it happened. As Joseph said, on Pharaoh's birthday, he brought back the, the, the chief baker and the cupbearer uh, for a party. He brought them back, put them in front of everybody. And he said, cupbearer, I restore you to your position. Baker, you're going to be impaled. And they took him outside and they impaled him. <laughs> and, uh, and it ex happened exactly as he said it would. And and what happened though, is that the cupbearer forgot about Joseph. Pharaoh's chief cupbearer, uh, however, forgot all about Joseph, never giving him another thought. So now listen, so we've had three seasons of being stuck. We've had a pit season, we've had a Potiphar's house season, and we've had a, a, a prison season. The pit season is about you being stuck. Potiphar's house season is about you being, uh, you feeling like you've been misunderstood. You've been misunderstood in the season. Uh, he, no one knows who you are. You feel like there's so much more in you. There's, God's got so much more for your life. You feel like all of these things God has, but you're in a season where you're kind of being a little bit misunderstood. The palace season is about you feeling forgotten. It's a season where maybe you begin to think, maybe that dream that God had for me isn't real. Maybe that future that God had for me isn't right. Maybe the, the things that God wants for me, maybe God wants, I, I thought God wanted to be in a marriage relationship, but maybe it's not true. Or maybe I thought God wanted me to have that ministry, but maybe it's not real. Or I thought God wanted my marriage to be restored. Or I thought God wanted to give me that promotion and to have that, that career, but I guess it's not true. Maybe the things that God has put on my heart are not what I thought they would be. Maybe there's not a great future for me. And this is a place in the, in the forgotten place, in the prison, is when we begin to feel a sense of despair. In Proverbs 13, 12, it says, hope deferred makes the heart sick. But a longing fulfilled is a tree of life. And so often we get into the season of the forgotten place and we begin to lose our hope altogether. I know I've been here before. I don't feel, honestly feel like that now in my life because I feel like God's really brought me into a really uh, uh, a satisfied season. And, 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 but, I, but I do have moments in my life still, but even more previously when I felt like, man, God, have you forgotten about me? I'm serving and I'm giving and I'm loving and I'm sharing and I'm supporting and I'm laying my life down and it feels like I'm doing everything thing that I can that you ask me to do, but God, I feel like you've forgotten about me. I feel like I don't know where to turn. I feel like I don't know what to do. And I want you to know something about this prison season. You're right on track. You are just about to the, getting to the palace. You are almost there. God is still working on your, on your heart. There's still some things he's working on. There's still some things he's preparing in your life. There's still some foundation work that God's doing in you. And I wanna talk about the, the, these three things today, about uh, uh, the benefits of being stuck in relationship to being in the forgotten season. And I want you to really take these things to heart today because these kind of uh, ideas today are the overarching idea, that the, the remaining things that I believe that God is doing in your life today and is doing always in my life as well. And so here's the three things today. Here's the first thing. The benefits of being stuck. Um, we learn to lean on and obey God's word in the prison season. When you're forgotten and you don't know where to turn, we, tr we, we learn that the only thing that I can do is cling to God's word. 
The only thing that I can do is cling to the word of God over my life. The only thing that I can do is trust in the prophetic thought or the dream that God has put in my life. The only thing that I can do is turn to God's word because I literally have nothing else to trust in. And Psalms 105 was our key text and for this entire series. Look at this. It says, God decreed a famine upon Canaan land, cutting off their food supply. But he had already sent a man ahead of his people to Egypt. It was Joseph who was sold as a slave. His feet were bruised by strong shackles and his soul was held by iron. God's promise to Joseph purged his character until it was time for his dreams to come true. So this word, God's promise, the word promise there is actually the word word. There's two definitions of the word word in this Hebrew, uh, Hebrew thought. And this Hebrew thought is the first word is dubar. And this word dubar speaks about the prophetic word of God, the dream of God, or the rhema word of God, the, the word that God speaks to you when he drops a thought in your heart or somebody who has a prophetic gifting in the church gives you a, a piece of the puzzle for your future. This idea, that's exactly what it is. It's just a piece of the puzzle. It's not the whole picture. It's not the whole idea. It's just a tiny fragment, a tiny idea of where God is going to send you. And what uh, Paul taught about the idea of the prophetic word. He says, our knowledge is, is partial and incomplete. Even the gift of prophecy reveals only a part of the whole picture. And so the prophetic word that comes over our lives often is a little bit of a picture. So we don't know what's next. We don't know how it's going to happen. We don't know how it's going to turn out. We don't know what it's going to look like. Now, the danger is we start to fill in the gaps ourselves. The danger is we start to paint the picture of what that guy looks like that I'm going to marry or what that, that life looks like when I get that promotion or what that ministry is going to look like and how my, how my face is going to look on that book title or, you know, whatever. You know, we begin to think through with this imagination of what things are going to look like. So that's the danger of the prophetic is that it's just a piece of the puzzle. And so Joseph here was, received a word that he was going to, his brothers and sisters and parents were going to bow down before him. And so he really could have done anything. He could have considered anything. But this is what the prophetic word, the, the God's promise does your life. God is testing your faith with the prophetic word. Will you believe that even though you don't have the full picture, that God will fulfill his promise in your life in his time and in his way? Will you allow God to, to flush out this piece of the puzzle for your life? Or will you try to figure it out yourself? Will you trust the Lord? Look at this verse in Isaiah 55, 11. So is my word that goes out from my mouth. It will not return to me empty, but will accomplish what I desire and achieve the purpose for which I sent it. So God's word, do you believe today? That that little puzzle piece, the little fragment that God gave you, the little picture of your future, don't, don't get too much attention on that. Remember, it's just a piece of the puzzle. But do you believe that God is sovereign, that God is good, that God will fulfill his purposes and his dreams in your life, even though you have no idea how it's gonna happen? How am I gonna get out of this prison? Well, you just wait. You're so close to the palace. You just gotta put your faith in God's word. The second usage of this word is the word, very common word we would do. It's Hebrew word as well as defined in a Greek word, but it, it, cross, it cross translates the word logos. And this is the written word of God. So every prophetic word or every dream of God needs to be submitted to God's word. See, the purpose of God's word is to get our attention on God. The purpose of God's written logos word, God's word purges us 
until we are ready. The purpose of God's written word is so that our attention will be on Jesus. It keeps our dream and our prophetic word secondary. See, God's word reminds us when we, when we study God's word and when we cling to God's word, we are reminded that knowing Jesus is the primary objective for the prophetic word. Knowing Jesus, being on a journey with him, becoming more like him, being in a relationship with him, knowing God better is, so what happens is, is that if we're always focused on this little puzzle piece, without God's written word, you are not properly submitted to God. You've submitted yourself to your imagination. God's word is the foundation in which our dreams find its fulfillment. But remember, the purpose is not about you finding fulfillment. The purpose is about knowing Jesus. And that's what God's written word is for in our lives. So when you feel forgotten, remember, God's prophetic word is to test your faith. And God's written word is to test your character. And in this season, we need to lean on and obey God's word. And you'll stay in the prison season until you can learn and I can learn to submit to and obey God's word. The second thought here today is this. Benefit of being stuck. We learn to give God all the credit. So here's Joseph sitting in the prison, forgotten about. You've been there for, by this time that we're gonna read our next verse, about two and a half, maybe almost three years. Completely forgotten about. He was concerned, like, remember me. Like, God, what's going on? And he finally probably settled into the idea, okay, fine, I'm never gonna leave this prison. I am stuck. I don't know how I'm gonna get out of this. I have no future. There's no way I'm gonna get out. I don't know how this is gonna happen. And then it says in Genesis 41.1, two full years later, Pharaoh dreamed. He had this dream, this crazy prophetic dream. And after he had this dream, he went and grabbed all of his chief uh, chief diviners and diviners and magicians and all these people and, you know, t- interpret my dream. And they all tried to interpret the dream, but none of them could. And then it comes to this verse that the chief cupbearer says in this verse, he spoke up today. I've been reminded of my failure. I forgot about Joseph. It's been over two, it's been two years since I was there. And I completely forgot to, to say something about Joseph. Whoops, my bad. You know, it's no problem for him because he's been eating nice cakes and sleeping in nice quarters for two years while Joseph's down serving, 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 right? So it's no sweat off his back. And Joseph's like, man, why didn't the cupbearer remember me? He says, oh man, I just forgot. There is a guy, he's a great guy. He was accused of rape, but it's by Potiphar's wife. You know, you know how about that lady, that lady, you know, got thrown into jail. He's been in there. It's like been awesome. He's like turned this whole jail around. He's, he's a great guy. He's honestly, I think he's full of this, this, this godly spirit. Why don't you bring him on up? And so he brings him on up. And it says in the verse in Genesis 41, 15, Pharaoh said to Joseph, I had a dream last night and no one uh, here can tell me what it means, but I've heard that, that, that when you hear about a dream, you can interpret it. So imagine just for a moment, you go from being in a pit to being in Potiphar's house to being in the prison. It's been about 10 to 13 years. You feel like on some level, I kind of feel like either God's forgotten about me or I'm just waiting for my time. I just I just want my moment. I just want the one breakthrough so that I can get out of this rut. And he, he is given credit by the most powerful man potentially in the world that you can interpret dreams. Joseph had to make a choice. Will he take credit or will he give it to God? In that moment, he had an opportunity. God's been working the pride out of his life for over 10 years. And now he's finally been tested for this one moment. Will you take credit 
for what God does in your life? Or will you give God all the credit? And Joseph, in that moment, he had an opportunity. He could have said, yeah, you're right. I do interpret dreams. Hey, maybe you should get me out of jail. Hey, maybe, maybe you should help me. Hey, he could have begged for his position. He could have begged to get out. He could have done whatever he needed to do. But at that moment, God had been working on his motivation. God had been working on his pride. God had been humbling him. God had been teaching him to hear God's word. God had been teaching him to lay down his life. God had been teaching him to trust and cling to his word. And this is how Joseph responded. It is beyond my power to do this. Joseph replied, but God. God can tell you what it means to set you at ease. And guess what? Because Joseph responded in this way, God promoted him. He was able to interpret the dream. He was able to give, um, give Pharaoh the exact uh, idea of what would happen next. Seven years, there'll be abundance and there'll be seven years of famine. You need to find somebody who can help you be a financier and help you be an accountant to look through all these different things. Find somebody who can help you figure this all out. And here's Joseph being honest. You just need to find somebody. Now, when you get your promotion, when you get that relationship, when you finally are single and then you find that dating relationship, will you take credit for it or will you give glory to the Lord? When you get that promotion at your job that you've been praying for, that gives you the financial boost, that gives you the opportunity to gain more and to have more influence, will you let that go to your head and take credit for it or will you give all the glory and the credit to God? Because I wanna tell you today, if you don't allow God to teach you to give him all the credit, when you get the promotion and you don't give the glory to the Lord, eventually it will get taken from you. So Joseph made a decision. I'm gonna give all the glory to the Lord. Look at this. Joseph's suggestions were well received by Pharaoh and his officials. So Pharaoh asked his officials, can we find anyone else like this man? So obviously filled with the spirit of God. The Pharaoh said, Joseph, since God has revealed the meaning of the dreams to you, clearly no one else is as intelligent and wise as you are. Remember, this guy was in prison as an accused rapist. <laughs> Obviously, there's no one as smart as you are. You're going to be in charge of my court and all my people will take orders from you. Only I, sitting on my throne, will have rank higher than yours. Pharaoh said to Joseph, I hereby put you in charge of the entire land of Egypt. The moment we stop taking credit for God's grace and God's provision and God's power in our life is the moment God will feel free to promote you in your life. I believe the entire journey that you're on today in your life is about this one thing. I believe he's teaching us that nothing in your life is your own. Your finances, your, your intelligence, your career, your children, your family, your future, your, your, your gifting in the church, none of it is because of you. All of it belongs to the Lord. All the glory goes to God. He receives all the praise and all the glory and all the honor. And when you and I begin to make decisions to give God all the glory, he says, I want to promote you. I want to bless you. I want to give you more influence. I want to give you more opportunity because I know that it won't go to your head. You know that God, he did that for me. He provided for me. He partnered with me. He helped me. He guided me. When you get into the season of the palace, how will you handle it? Will you give credit to the Lord or will you take credit for yourself? And in this season, God wants to teach you to give him all the credit. Okay, here's the third one today. The benefit of being stuck. We learn to be like Jesus, a servant of all. Now, I believe that the entire stuck season 
is about this one thing. Everything we've talked about, all eight of the previous points that I've shared over the last three weeks come down to this one thing. This season is not so that you can become a better version of you. You know, people say, you know, just gotta become the best me. And I gotta become the better me and the better version of me. No, no, you need to become more like Jesus. Has nothing to do with you. We need to be more like Jesus. Listen, look what I put here. A servant of all. If you look at Joseph's life, look at just when he was in Potiphar's house, the Lord was with Joseph, so he succeeded in everything he did as he served in the home of his Egyptian master. Again, in the prison, the warden had no more worries because Joseph took care of everything. He served. The Lord was with him and caused everything he did to succeed. God was with Joseph because he knew the greatest in the kingdom of God is a servant of all. Look what Jesus says, Matthew 22, 23, 11, and 12. The greatest among you will be your servant. For those who exalt themselves will be humbled and those who humble themselves will be exalted. How about this in Philippians uh, chapter two? Don't be selfish. Don't try to impress others. Be humble. Thinking of others is better than yourselves. Don't look out only for your own interests, but take an interest in others too. You must have the same attitude that of Christ Jesus had. Though he was God, he did not think of equality with God as something to cling to. Instead, he gave up his divine privileges. He took the humble position of a servant, a slave. He was born as a human being. And when he appeared in human form, he humbled himself in obedience to God and died a criminal's death on a cross. Therefore, God elevated him to the place of highest honor and gave him the name above all other names, excuse me, the name above all other names, that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under, under the earth and every tongue declare that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. You have to recognize something today. Everything that God is doing in your life is to get your attention off of you. He wants you to think firstly, Jesus, this season's about being like you. Secondly, my, my life, my existence is about serving others. Remember, Joseph, God decreed a famine upon Canaan land, cutting off their food supply, but he had already sent a man ahead of his people to Egypt. It was Joseph. God had a plan. This entire journey, the pit, Potiphar's house, the prison, wasn't just so that Joseph would get the crap beat out of him. It was so that he would be prepared to help millions of people be saved in their hunger. You and I have a purpose on our life to help people come to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. God has called you not just to be a teacher, not just to be a, a mama, not just to be a dad, not just to be a, a salesman or to do all the things that you do in your life just so that you can make money and have the, the, the great Canadian life. God has, has you in the life that he has you in so that you can serve and help other people. You are the conduit between God's blessing and needy people. You are the middle ground. You are the instrument. You are the, you are the carrier. You are the vehicle. God wants to give you you the resources. God wants to give you the favor. God wants to give you the grace so that you can be a distributor of the help and the power and the grace and the favor and the mercy of God to everyone around you. This is all about you being a servant of all, laying your life down, being a catalyst for the grace and the mercy and the love and the power of our Savior, Jesus Christ. There is no greater call there was no greater mission. See, what you don't realize is that you might be in a difficult marriage right now. 
And you say, God, why is this happening to me? Do you know that God may be allowing this season, as hard as it is, He might be allowing this season in your life right now because He knows that you're gonna help hundreds of marriages. You might be a person right now who you're in a situation where your finances aren't doing very well and you're, you're starting to create some margins we'll talk about next week. And you're thinking, God, how do I get in a position where I can begin to save and begin to spend my money wisely and tithe and give my offering and partner with the church? God, how can I get in that position? God, I'm, I'm trying to make this happen. And eventually God's gonna bring you to a place because He wants to prepare you for millions of dollars to come through your hands. Maybe God's got you in the position at your career right now because He wants to teach you that His favor and His grace and His mercy is what's going to get you the promotion that you need to do the things that God has called you to do. I wanted just to list these things, say the benefits of being stuck. We learn the right motivation. We learn the power of humility. We learn to draw from the right source that our identity is not wrapped up in what we will do. Our identity is wrapped up in, I call the green grass, Jesus Christ. <laughs> Come on, the, third, the fourth one. We learn to identify the blind spots in our lives. We learn to decipher God's voice, condemnation versus conviction. We learn to delay today what God wants for us tomorrow, delayed gratification, to say no to today, what might meet my immediate desire, to say yes to what God wants for me tomorrow. And lastly, we lear learn to lean on and obey God's word. We learn to give God all the credit. And last, and I think most, most important, we learn to be like Jesus, a servant of all. Come on, let me pray for you. Father, I pray today, the Lord, that you would come, God. And then, Father, I just pray that you would begin to move on every piece person's life that is in a stuck season. For those in the, in the, the watching today, they're in a pit and they feel out of control and they don't know what to do, God. And they feel like, gosh, I'm stuck. God, I just pray that you would help them, God, to know that you have them in their season right now. God, for those who are feeling, God, lost and those who are in Potiphar's house and feel like they're not being acknowledged and they're serving, but there's so much more, I pray, God, you would give them grace in this season to continue to serve. God, for those in the forgotten season of the prison, I pray, Holy Spirit, that you would help them to know that they're almost there. They would continue to submit to your word, continue to submit to your grace in their life. We love you with all of our hearts, God. I pray you administer to them. God, for those watching today who maybe don't know you, maybe they feel lost, maybe they don't have a relationship with you, I pray today, God, that they would turn their life to you, that if they confess with their mouth and they believe in their heart, the Lord, that you are Lord, they will be saved right now in this place. Father, we love you. We want to say thank you, God, for how good you are. In Jesus' mighty and powerful name. Thank you for listening to our Love City Church podcast. Visit us online at www.lovecitychurch.ca. We pray that this message encourages you and strengthens you in your walk with Jesus.